Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Grass and Gravel podcast. This week we'll be taking a look at the Champions League games, the FA Cup and also the Premier League games, as well as a roundup of the Europa League and Europa Conference Leagues. We will also be reviewing the opening race of F1 at Bahrain. I'll be your host, Joe, and I'll be joined as normal by our resident expert and chief editor of the Pitchsider, Toby, and joined by our second special guest of the podcast, Dr. Ashik. Welcome. Hello, hello. hello, mate. Pleasure to be here. You're Looking good. To it. Good to have you. Yeah, good, good, mate. Should we kick off with the Premier League and we will move, we'll start with Man City versus Palace on Monday, which Palace held them to a nil-nil draw, which was a good result for Liverpool and Palace. Liverpool moved within a point of City currently. It's a good result for Liverpool and Palace. Yeah, very good result for Palace. They always seem to cause an issue for City and this is Again, in this case, for them, a draw is pretty much a win. Yeah, I think they were unbeaten against City uh, this season. I think they beat them in the in the, yeah October. They played them two 0 One of one of City's bogey teams. It is being a Liverpool fan. I think it's uh, worked out well for us. But yeah, it's, it, City tend to have these odd teams where they find it difficult to break them down, and it sounds like their um, attacking options just kind of let them down a bit. Mm, Hundred million pound Jack Grealish couldn't score. Mm. Couldn't do anything. Awesome. What's the verdict on Jack Grealish? What do we think? It's a lot of money for not a lot of pro- end product. It sounds like he hasn't really, really set set their team alight, to be no, honest. Two goals, two assists, 20 games. Not really great no, for any at, player, really. At Aston Villa, he was more of like a big fish in a small pond. And now mm. he's more of a amongst these world-class players. Mm. And he's not hitting the headlines. Maybe that's a reason. But yeah, his numbers don't match up. I'm sure also, next year he'll get better though. I think even accounting for like the English premium that you play, that you pay, hundred million was even still quite a lot of money for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it is City, so they can they can they spend the money as, much as they want. Uh, yeah, the the BBC actually um, the ratings and um, they gave him a three point eight for that game. City. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, for Jack Grealish. Grealish. Oh, for Grealish. Grealish himself. Uh, he was the worst. BBC rated him the worst player in that starting eleven. Wow, what a statement! It's not great, is it? No, no, no it's not. Um, but City did seem to dominate that game with shots possession. So yeah, you'd expect that, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, mm. the, the games that they draw, it's never that they're the team on the back foot. They always dominate. It just tends to be that they they just can't get through. You, you never know. I mean, it happened in the season a couple, I think, two, three seasons ago, the season that they actually won it. But we, we uh, took them really close. It's when it's when they have a competitor really close to them, and often that is Liverpool, that they tend to get these results and slip up a bit. Like last season, whenever no, anyone's, if anyone's nowhere near them, then they're just going to win these games easy peasy. But that, I think this is, that's the interesting part. When, when someone's challenging them and is close to them in the table, then they're more likely to get these slip-ups. Yeah. naturally as well and yeah, uh, you yeah. know Pep Pep loves a bit of uh, Pep loves us he loves the Liverpool uh, Liverpool challenge <laughs> definitely makes the uh, the title quite interesting see who's going to win it obviously City is still in the lead but the yeah. gap isn't massively narrowed so who yeah. knows Champions think, League might influence it as well yeah definitely I think um, we'll get on to the Liverpool game but um, I think I was, gonna, I was just going to bring in that yeah. uh, Liverpool Arsenal game because that's obviously linked it just brings Liverpool that much closer with the 2-0 victory over Arsenal. Yeah, this was a, this was an interesting game because the first half was 
was pretty poor from us and Arsenal were, were way the way better side. We didn't really have much output, so we started Mane, Diaz, and um, I think it was Jota in that game. And yeah, the first half, even though Arsenal didn't have that many clear-cut chances, and I think we had probably had the best chance of the Van Dijk header, they were better than us, and they were pressing better than us and on the ball better. Um, but second half, Klopp made some changes, and we were just more ruthless. Two chances, two goals, um, and that was a, a, a more kind of typical Liverpool performance when we're in the when we're in the title running. But it keeps just keeps the pressure on City, really. One point behind with the equal games played. So, really, I do I do agree that City are probably the more likely and the safest safest bet at the moment. But mm. I think it's very very close. And actually, not many games left. No, that's true. Anything could happen. Like one slip yeah. up, one drop points match, and anything could happen. And don't forget, you got the the big game, City Liverpool, still to come. That could and be the title decider. It could, and could it could be. be the momentum shifter as well, because actually that game is relatively late in the season. So if if the team that loses, if there is a team that loses, then that could knock their momentum a bit. Mm. It's sad that Etihad had that game as well. So mm. we never know. Had, yeah. I've said we say all this, I bet it's going to end up like a nil-nil. <laughs> Probably will, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised, to be fair. But I think, yeah, I think it massively depends on the form going into that game. I don't think it's too far away, maybe like a couple of weeks, something. Yeah, 10th uh, of April it is. Is it 10th of April? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, we should definitely watch that game. That'll be a cracker. Yeah, for yeah sure, definitely. For sure. It'll definitely be one that will feature on this podcast as well. Mm. And moving to the other end of the table um, with Everton versus Newcastle. Everton get their first win in the Premier League since the 16th of February. Uh, with a 1-0 victory over Newcastle after getting a red card. I believe Frank Lampard also bruised his hand celebrating in the goal. And he broke it. That, yeah. broke, broke it, yeah. Broke his hand. <laughs> and it was also a uh, protester that zip-tied himself oh, yeah, to the uh, goalpost. Um, but yeah, good result for Everton. Is that his first it... win then, Frank Lampard for Everton? Or uh, was he there at Boreham Wood? See you there for that one. Right. In, the, in the league, I think it might be. I think uh, it's his first. No, because he joined in January, end of January. So it must be his second win. They're still, they're still, they're still in a relegation fight, isn't it? Aren't they? So um... yeah, last week we had a quick talk about them. We said they were mm. one of the favourites to go down with the way they're playing, the form mm. that they've got. I don't think they were convincing in this game at all. Like if you look at the possession, they were massively like the the worst team. And yeah, you can't really see much of a silver lining for Everton at the moment. There's no really one or two players who are shining or, or or doing anything of note, really. So it is worrying the form that they got. Do you think if they continue with this form, they'll? do you think they're in a position now where they have to keep Lampard till the end of the season? Regardless it's a of tricky happens? one. It's a tricky one. I, I do think Lampard was not the best appointment. You need mm. experience for that sort of position. Yeah, for a relegation fight, you want someone who's even just someone who's done it before, right? Yeah, and they can motivate the players and say that I've done this before, I've got out of here before, we Mm. can do it again. But they don't have that, and then they, in their team, they don't have many leaders, I don't think, or 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 players of real quality. So it just depends if who's worse, them or the teams around them. Mm, I do agree. Like I think if push comes to shove, and they're still in the fight with a few games to go, I think their big players 
might just like the motivation because they'll know if they, if they get relegated, they'll just go they'll just go somewhere else. They're not going to stick with Everton. I don't think they have that many players that are going to be too loyal to them. No, no, no. They got so, some tough games coming up as well. Got Liverpool, mm. Chelsea, United, Arsenal. Could be tough. Well, yeah, wouldn't be the worst thing to see Everton go down. So, no, uh, not for you. Yeah. Not for you. <laughs> I'm not the, too much. I think the only that. thing in their favour is they've got two games in hand on most of the teams around them. Yeah, and I guess yeah. the other thing is like Norwich are set to go down. Watford are pretty dire as well. It's probably it's probably just for that last relegation spot, really. Yeah, Burnley, Leeds, Brentford are the other contenders. The yeah, interesting yeah. one. Just moving to the other game that will probably have a big impact on that is the Leeds-Wolves game. Leeds... Um, won 3-2. They actually came back from 2-0 down and got four in, four injuries in that game. So that could have a effect on their long-term future in the league. But yeah, it was a good win, a good, good result. Actually looked a pretty good game when I watched the highlights. So a cracker of a match, that one. <clears throat> uh, Jesse March is not the best manager, I, I think, in, in general. He's come into this lead Ouch. squad. Yeah, as well. He's come into a lead squad, which is played the same formation and style for the last three years. So mm. it's going to be very hard to change that and, and sort of instill his own tactics and uh, ideas. And I think they were sort of lucky in a way to beat Wolves. The, the red card from Jimenez sort of equaled it out a bit. And then the second yeah. half, they were a lot better. Yeah, because I guess if you think even even Bielsa's leads took like two, three seasons properly to get into it. If they're, if all the players are like stuck and stuck in their ways, it's going to be a bit difficult. Mm. I think they, I think, I don't know. But yeah, as you said, Jesse Marsh, not a lot of experience, which could go against them in terms of going down. But I, I think maybe if they can get a few games together, they might they might be all right. I, I think they'll survive, yeah, for mm. sure. But I don't know. They need a lot of work, I think. Just a bit Recruitment-wise for next season. Well, I think we mentioned it last week on the podcast. There was There is a lot of um, teams that need a big overhaul in mm. the Premier League, even though it's still one of the best if not the best league in the world, it's there is a lot of teams that need the overhaul, especially bigger teams like Man United and Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. United, Tottenham, there are a lot of teams that probably need a bit of a, a fresher. Yeah, Everton as well. Yeah, yeah Everton. Everton, if they're still in it. Sometimes it's going down, it might be a good result for them. They can uh, actually get time to reshift the squads and... I think the philosophy. some teams, yeah, but the teams like Everton, no, who've never yeah. been relegated, it would yeah. be an absolute disaster. Yeah, I'd agree. It's I think, the yeah, for those happen. teams, I was going to say, when's the last time they got relegated? They Everton. Said, yeah, they never. haven't been relegated, yeah. So it's like, for them, it, I think it would be too much of a shock. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But who knows what will happen to a team like that, because they've just not been in that position before. Yeah, definitely. It's a unique circumstance. Uh, Shall we move on to the FA Cup, the sixth round? Yes, do um, so obviously on Saturday we had Chelsea versus Middlesbrough. Um, not massive shock here. Chelsea have beaten Middlesbrough, who knocked out Man United and Tottenham of this competition. But Chelsea looked to just dominate and boss the game. Really um, controlled in the second half. Don't think there's much. So Lukaku wrong. scored. Yeah, so yeah. Must um, be a bonus, I... even if it's against Middlesbrough. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think he could have missed that chance, but. Um, <laughs> He looked he looked quite good. He's cold up play. He actually played quite well in mm. the whole team. So um, 
that's obviously a benefit. But I think there's um, talks of him going. Do you reckon he's going to stay or he'll go? I reckon he'll, I reckon he'll stay. He's too much. We spent too much money on him to give give him up with one um, season. I think there's more play bigger players that, or well, not bigger players, but there are players that are more likely to leave. And I, I don't think our attack is our issue mm. going forward. It's into, the defense at the moment, isn't it's it? The defense, yeah, especially with this transfer ban and everything. And there was also don't know how true it is. There was a rumor that um, I think. Juventus have agreed a deal with Rudiger. Oh, really? Um, Rudiger. Wow, that would be a massive miss. I don't know how much, how true that is. How much, mm. how true that is. So, I think that's the main issue for Chelsea at the moment. Uh, we've got a lot of attackers anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't see him going. I see Werner more likely to leave this season. Oh, mm. Good old Timo. Just uh, on a, a quick note, shout out to to Middlesbrough to get into the quarterfinals. Great job. Quite an achievement for the club. Um, for Wilder as well. Yeah, definitely to knock out Man United then. Um, yeah, yeah, nobody would have expected that. Yeah, you, they had a good cup run, definitely. Going on to today, um, Crystal Palace beat Everton 4 0. So Everton obviously didn't carry the momentum. <laughs> that from, the form has gone. <laughs> from their previous win against Newcastle. But I watched the highlights of that game and Palace just seemed to boss the game again. Well, we, we did kind of call it last week, I think, that. The FA Cup game could be a real baptism of fire against Palace. Mm. Um, how that game against Boreham Wood was sort of a um, red herring of of actual form. To lose four 0 to Palace in in any competition is is not great. Yeah, not great. I mean, I think Palace were lucky with some of their goals were rebounds, and then they were just tap ins, um, especially for Will Hughes's goal. Yeah, they um, they did definitely just seem to dominate the game and. Yeah, they seemed the better team to go through. Um, it doesn't do their form any good, but it might be a blessing in disguise that there's one less competition for them to deal with. Um, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, definitely, actually. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It um, saves saves actually less games, so players yeah, might be fitter. I don't think realistically, they were going to ever win it. in the FA Cup anyway, yeah. No. Definitely not. But um, Palace have also drawn Chelsea in the semi-finals at Wembley. Um so that's gearing up to be a good game, actually. That will be a good game, that actually. That will be, yeah. Palace, Palace are a good team. They're quite difficult to beat. Yeah, especially if it's one one leg, anything could happen. I suppose the only, their big benefit for Chelsea is they have beaten them twice when they've played this season. So mm. it um, leads to confident boost, maybe. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd expect Chelsea to be favourites for that. But yeah, as Toby was saying, it's one-off at Wembley. Anything can happen. Yeah, definitely. Especially in the FA Cup. Mm. has a magical touch for the underdogs. Indeed. Not for the underdogs for Southampton. They did lose <laughs> 4-1 uh, to Man City, unfortunately. So yeah. Man City do go through to the semi-finals. City are at it again, yeah. They're definitely favourites, I'd say. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> Tough game for Southampton, though. City was difficult to play against. City are one of these teams, I always think, that are... They'll either beat you 4-1 or 4-0 or something, or you'll beat them. So no in-between. I, mm. I don't think there's much in-between. They'll either score in or they're not. And if they're not scoring, they're quite, they could yeah, easily Yeah, them. it's like you don't really see two-all draws or three-all draws at City. No. It's like no, if, if they're going to score two, three goals, they're dominant enough to win the game. You don't see them draw, like getting a 1-0 hard slogged game. Rarely, like Watford yeah. or something. I think as part of the 
part of the team playing against City, if you've already scored, then um, if they've already scored, then you, the confidence kind of comes down. Yeah, um, yeah. The floodgates open, as it were. Moving on, the other game, obviously Liverpool, Nottingham Forest is obviously playing while we're recording this. It's just been um, a goal in that game, I think. Yeah, yeah Diego Jota. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be a City-Liverpool semi-final. If the score remains, yeah. Yeah, if the score remains. It's about 10 it's minutes be... to go. 10 minutes to go. Quadruple still on as we speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, you uh, in theory, I don't, I don't, just, just putting out, obviously, it's, it's, it's great to be in all the competitions. I don't think it's very unlikely that we'll do a quadruple. I don't think any team has done it ever before. But City, that will be a tough game. I think there's one thing going against City in the, in the title run, and I think Liverpool probably have a lot more confidence playing City in the title run. And then recently, you kind of get the feeling City have dominated the domestic competition. That's really their kind of mm-hmm. forte. So I think especially a semi-final against City in the FA Cup is definitely in their favour. But you never know. We could Anything could happen. Absolutely. Anything could happen. And what, what, what date are those fixtures? Do we know? So the uh, Palace-Chelsea game is on the 16th of April. Yeah. So I imagine really. the other one's about the same day around then. So it won't be too far away from the, <clears throat> the Premier League game against City. It won't be, no, actually. Yeah. So, um, about a week. interesting to see that, actually. Yeah, they might actually be after each other, mm. which could be interesting. And if if one team wins both, then that could be a massive momentum shift, not yeah. even for the FA Cup, but actually for the league as well, because it's like, well... We're good enough to beat you, but twice in the space of ten days or something. That is true, definitely. It's good draw. It's good draw. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> should we move to the Champions League? So yeah. to Europe. Yeah. Uh, should we start off with the big game and Manchester United versus Atletico Madrid? Obviously, Toby's not going to be happy. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a weird game because I thought generally we played quite well. Um, for the most of the game, I think we were the, the better team. We started off really uh, attacking and ambitious. Ronaldo was sort of doing a little showboating, um, keeping up ease for like on, a minute. Um, but I feel like the, the substitutions we made were absolutely horrendous. Whenever you have to bring on one matter, you know something's gone wrong. Oh, one matter's played. He did play. Oh, wow. We brought Matic on and it, it was awful, basically, after that moment. Mm. Um, I don't know. We brought off Bruno Fernandes, uh, brought on Pogba, and then Pogba didn't look half as good as Bruno did. It, it As the game progressed, we got worse and worse, but it started quite well. And I was positive. Uh, that positivity, positivity drained um, it, pretty quickly. Watching it, it did look like Man, uh, Man United were just throwing everything, every player they had on, that was an attacker on. It was like, they're literally thrown on everything and the kitchen sink. If they were, could just watch so, it as a neutral, it looked like they were just trying to bring off defenders and put on attackers. And... So that's a, what is that, another season? United haven't won a trophy? How many is that now? It will be 2015, I believe. 2015. FA Cup and Europa League, I think. It was it's not great one. form, is it? It's not, no, no. Um, but for the last decade or so, since probably about yeah about the last decade since Fergie left 2013 you haven't uh, really been... been settled since he's left I wouldn't say no we haven't had a consistent manager haven't had a consistent ideology on play style and tactics and mm. personnel recruitment and sort of the the issues with the club it's not like a single issue it's you know everybody knows what's going on at United it's the whole 
from the board all the way down. It's just they need a whole revamp, which isn't going to happen anytime soon. No, but it is. It, the thing is, I feel like with United, it's the same thing every season. It lingers. Start of the season, there's lots of hype. And actually, the start of this season, there was a lot more hype for United. Yeah, yeah we had usual. some good signings this season. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was the back of the summer. In fact, just looking at like general pre-season predictions, I think most people actually put United above the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea in the, in the, in the yeah. season. Yeah. But you feel like every year the same thing happens. You mm-hmm. come to this point, you drop off out of the competitions, not in for the league. And it's the same, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. We've had like little bits of not brilliance, but good moments from individual players. I thought actually in that particular game, Fred was very good. I think in the Champions League recently, Fred's been one of our better players. Mm. But defensively wise, we're absolutely woeful. Harry Maguire, <coughs> uh, I know he, does, he needs him. to go. Surely for <laughs> you to for you to fully restructure that defense, I don't think you can have Harry Maguire in there. It was it was a Woodward signing. Uh, uh, over <laughs> overpaid 70 million whatever it was 80 uh, wasn't it oh something stupid like that I it's... think you just gotta bite the bullet and say that this is a mistake but United would not do that it's no you can't the, no. the Glazers won't accept that sort of no um, financial failure I, I feel but like Varane's think... a good addition but he needs a, a solid partner next to him he needs somebody who can actually play football and he doesn't have that at the moment uh, Lindelof was actually okay but he didn't start that game Maybe you should have done instead of Maguire. I think it's at the point now where I don't think playing for United, I don't think Maguire will ever be the player that... Yeah, well, yeah, Yeah. exactly. He's never going to be... Because he's almost (laughs) brought in to be like Van Dijk was to Liverpool. The leader of that defence. Yeah, but I don't think he can be that. No, I I agree. In an ideal world, we'd get rid of this dead wood or these players we'd not approve or, or at the stand we need and then just replace them with... You know, higher potential players, but it's, it's not the reality uh, mm. that we see. It's every year that we sort of go for the players who are available, whether or not they can fit into our team. And then later on and down the season, we realise, oh, you know, that wasn't the best idea. Well, we'll go through it all again. And this time next year, we'll be in the same position. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah, uh, with a new manager, with, you know, yeah, think, maybe yeah, a director need a of reset. football, Ten Hag, that's what I want. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Interesting. Well, should we move to his um, game, Ajax versus Benfica? Yeah, let's move on. Um, Benfica get a 1-0 victory over Ajax to go through to the quarterfinals on a 3-2 aggregate. Um, It's the first time since 2015-16 season that Benfica have reached the last eight. Wow. Yeah, that's good for them. But um, Ajax did look to dominate that game um, when I I flipped between between that and the United game. it was a good free kick or corner, I think it was actually, by Benfica, a good header. Yeah, Darwin Nunes is a really good talent. He's 22 years old, top scorer in the Portuguese league. He's doing well in Europe. I think in the future he might go to the Premier League. It's one to look out for. One to watch. One to watch for sure. Two quite similar teams, I think. Benfica yeah, I was going to say that. They're quite almost evenly matched. Mm. Yeah, it, looked, it did look quite a close game. But mm. I mean, just watching it, we looked a close game. But just looking at the stats, it looked like Ajax were actually more the dominant team. Mm. But sometimes stats don't tell the full story. Mm. This might be the end of, well, it is the end of Haller's run scoring in the Champions League. Will he remain the top scorer at the end of the competition? Probably. Time. Yeah, got to get him <laughs> out of my fantasy team now. I had a few Ajax players. Got to redo the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, should we move to Villa? Is it Villarreal? 
Villa uh, versus yeah. Juventus. Got mm-hmm. a 3-0 shock victory over Juventus, I think. I was Juventus watching this out. game. They were awful, Juventus. Absolutely awful. Really? In, in the first leg, it was Vlaovic scored that really early goal. And they really thought, oh, they'll be comfortable. They're the much better team. But it's just Juventus at the moment. They're not, they're not at that level to compete in terms of personnel. Mm. I think even in terms of tactics. Um, the I think it was the last goal. It was quite comical how, like, Delict had to slide in and then he sort of um, hit it with, with his hand, hand and handball penalty. It, yeah. and, did he get sent off? Uh, he didn't. No, he got, I think he got yellow for that, but he didn't get sent off. But it was just an, an awful display. But Villarreal, they're great. Emery's doing great for them. He's, yeah. You know, last season, Europa League won it. This season, Champions League. Who knows how far they'll get. Bringing the form into the Champions League. Yeah, yeah for definitely. sure. Yeah. They, um, they just need to think, they just need to act like it's Europa League. And actually, might go for it. Pretend it's zero league trophy. Yeah, 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 and they will get to the final. Um, which then, I think last season they beat United, didn't they? Yeah, it's a great game, remember, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Juventus have dropped off as well. Like a few years ago, they their teams get to semis. I think they got to a final as well, like five six years ago, something like that. Yeah, that was um, the was it Juve? Yeah, uh, Juve yeah. Real Madrid. Um, Juve Real Madrid. They also got the Barcelona one, but that was like eight years ago, I think. But yeah, I think they've they're dropped off now, haven't they? I think yeah. their signings recently been well, not recently, the last five years or so have been a bit bit hit or miss. Mm. Spending a lot of money on certain players like the Lick and stuff, but like you know, not really replacing them the players that in positions that they need. They need, yeah. No, they've got they've got some good talent there, but whether it's again like a United situation, they just don't want to all gel together or something. Could be maybe the issue. The uh, the final Champions League game was Chelsea versus Lille. To give credit to Lille, they gave a good fight. But Chelsea again, good game management. Got two one victory. But yeah, yeah, Lille Lille looked to play quite well. Did as well as they could. <clears throat> but it was always I always thought Chelsea were too too strong. Yeah, they were definitely favourites. Yeah. Although it's been a good few years recently for Lille on the league. Um, yeah, in the Champions they? League yeah. now. Burak Yilmaz scored, the veteran Turkish man. Mm. One to yeah. keep an eye on? <laughs> or the two no, he's old? Like 36 now. <laughs> too old. You had your chance, mate. <laughs> it, no, it's too fair. His partner in Karam, I guess, Jonathan David, is one, a person you've probably heard of, Canadian. Yeah. He might be off to somewhere good soon. Yeah. These are the sort of teams, right? They, where those sort of teams like Lille, Benfica, Ajax, where they get to usually this stage of the Champions League, where they have a few players that are. Uh, stand out and they get poached they're the yeah, ones to watch yeah. out for really aren't they for the big guns yeah for sure they're like on probably the, get them at a good price the shop mm. floor shop window basically at mm. this stage yeah we um also on friday we had the champions league quarterfinals and semi-finals draw mm, um so what's your opinion as a liverpool fan on liverpool versus benfica i think it's you, you can't deny that's a that's a favorable draw for us um, it's the best draw you could get basically yeah Basically, yeah, Benfica, you, you, you'd expect us to be favourites for that. That being said, Champions League quarterfinals, anything can happen. But I think over two legs, we will be the stronger side. But yeah, that just means getting in through to the semis, that would be against Bayern if the mm. favourites of both ties go through. That would be but a good game. That will be a good game. We had that game a few years ago, four, I think three, four seasons ago in the quarterfinals. We, uh, 
were too strong for Bayern in that stage the year we won it. I think at that stage, at semi-final stage, you can't really be um, too upset with those kind of draws because if you're in the competition to win it, you need to be able to beat teams like Bayern anyway. So, yeah, you face those kind of teams. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah, I think this would be looking far ahead. Obviously, this would assume that Bayern and Liverpool win their games. But I think that would be a fairly evenly matched two-legged tie. And quite an entertaining one. Mm, I agree. I, su- I suppose one good thing for Benfica is maybe just seeing the dates of these. The, so the first leg is on the 5th of April and the second leg is on the 13th of April. You have got Man City twice around that same yeah. sort of two-week period. So that could mean that you might rest certain players. I think in... generally it is a bit of a crunch period for us because we're still in everything. So our volume of games is just going to keep coming till the end of the season, assuming we get far, well, assuming we get through to the, in this FA Cup tie and then get through in Champions League as well and still in the title running. It will be difficult and that's when our squad depth will really be tested. Um, mm. But I have more confidence now than in a lot of previous years, actually, especially for our especially for our attacking options. Because previously, it was Mane, Firmino, Salah. That's it. If one of them are injured, then... Really, there's no other backup. And now we've got Marne, uh, we've got Diaz, Jota, um, Harvey Elliott can step in as well when needed. That kind of standpoint, I'm not as worried. One of the worries is recently, actually, Trent's been injured. That position in particular, we don't have a... I mean, Trent's one of the best attacking, if not best, attacking for uh, right back in the world. So there's not who, is really... your, who is your backup right back? We don't... We, Would it we be play Gomez? Gomez there. I think he's playing there today. Yeah, but he's not... He's not naturally going forward. We have to change our system, really, to play yeah. that. He's um, rumoured to leave as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, for his sake as well, because he's just not getting game time. We're playing Mat- Matip is more yeah. dependable injury-wise this season. Um, and even then, Canate is playing ahead of Gomez. It's um, a bit, bit of a shame because a couple of seasons ago, Gomez looks to be a real real talent. Yeah, him and Van Dijk were the main, our Great main centre-back partnership. Yeah. partnership. Yeah, But yeah, I think I have more faith in our squad depth in this run-in, but there are some critical positions that where we did get injuries, we are more exposed. Left-back, right-back. I mean, Simicast does well on the left-back, but right-back would be a big one. And it's hard. I mean, that's why no team really wins a quadruple, because when you get to that stage, mm. you've got way too many games. Yeah, you need well, a squad of like 50, 50 yeah, players. Yeah, even, even City's squad likes, as likes of City squads haven't done it, and they've, they're pretty... They're as deep as you go, really. Yeah, I was going to say Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea and City squads obviously are deep, and as a Chelsea fan, we've got a good, we've got a deep, good squad. But we have found issues with our squad that the players that have come up to replace certain players, like Chilwell, we're struggling to actually find a player in our squad that can actually mm. fulfil mm. his role, which I feel like we're still missing his role. And obviously, when Reese James got injured as well, we were actually fully lacking because mm. I think we only had one recognised fullback <laughs> which was Alonso and obviously he's not had a great season I think it's I think it's harder in, def- in the defensive positions as well because defensive positions tend to be more stable where you have four of your best defenders playing and you you don't tend to have a lot of teams that have their backups are, are, are close as good as the ones that are first team Whereas in attacking positions, it's a bit easier. You can have a lot more players that are... Interchangeable. Yeah, interchangeable. They tend to get more game time than they do with... Whereas in defence, if your if you're, if you're first uh, choice defenders are all available, they're all playing and you don't really rotate them that much. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably more games, opportunities for 
players like for like Liverpool and Chelsea and that who stay in these competitions till the end. There's yeah. obviously more games, but if you go out early, that's a lot of games that these players aren't going to get. Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah. For squads like that, you need you need a lot of games to actually be able to change them around. Just having just obviously while we're still on the Champions League, just mention the other games. You've got City versus Atletico Madrid, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Same as semi-finals last season. So. It's good fixtures, good fixtures. Yeah, I yeah. think all round they're pretty, pretty good, good fixtures. And then that will be that leg, wouldn't it? So the winners of City, Atletico, and Real Madrid, Chelsea play each other. Sure. Could yeah. be all English or all Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Is there is there any games that stand out as a neutral to you, Toby? I don't know. Obviously, Chelsea, Real Madrid sounds quite interesting. Mm. But you know, even City, Atletico, they're sort of two opposing styles of play. That'll be interesting. I think definitely. If you think about what was it a couple of seasons ago. Atletico yeah. Madrid, Atletico Madrid, personally, from from just watching Champions League games for the last ten years or whatever, is one of the teams that I'd like to be drawn least against, especially the way we play. And it's probably yeah. fairly similar with City in that they can be a real nuisance to play against um, in a two-legged tie, especially. A bit different now with the whole the way goals have changed, but um, it tends to be you get Atletico Madrid, they nick a goal away from home, and that's it, game tie over basically. Yeah, the way the way they played against us was sort of three at the back, but sort of transitioned to a back five, and they mm. were extremely sort of solid there. And, and they, lo- they love it, don't they? Yeah, when they, they do. That's they how they love game, to play. When they go a goal up against a team that is usually seen as better than them, they absolutely love it. Shut up, shot. Yeah, that's what they're good at, especially in the Champions League. And that's exactly how City do not like teams exactly, to play yeah. against them. A bit like against Palace. I think the first leg of that game would be quite critical, <laughs> actually. Because if you, yep. if you if you do a nil nil or even like a one nil to Atletico Madrid, which isn't against all the possibilities, then that could be a really difficult second tie. Um, for sure, for sure. But even Real Madrid Chelsea is going to be a great game as well. Yeah, yeah. We obviously we we played against them last season, and I, there's not much difference between the two squads um, from last season to this season. Obviously, I think. They were lacking a few big players last season. They got Alaba, season. didn't they? That's about the, yeah. the biggest signing they got. But they had they were missing Sergio Ramos last season. So um, I also think I think uh, Real Madrid versus Barcelona are playing at the moment. And, they are. Um, yeah. What's the score? I think I think it starts at eight. So uh, fine, it uh, hasn't started, started yet. But the think Benzema is not starting. I think I think that's key. If Benzema shows up, um, it, be, it could be a tough game. He's very much on form and. Um, I think that's quite an evenly matched tie, actually. Madrid, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. I think there'll be a lot of people in England saying Chelsea are the better team at the moment. But mm, but I think it's quite similar. Espe- yeah. yeah. Especially after that second leg against PSG. You can definitely see that Real Madrid have the, you know, the confidence still to, to progress and play play good football. And they always tend to prefer the Champions League matches. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's their forte. Mm. Uh, just quickly, before we move on to Toby's European and European Europe, Europa League conference roundup. Uh, Liverpool have just won one nil over Nottingham Forest, so they do face Man City. That's confirmed. Congrats. Two games against City in close succession. Commiserations to Nottingham Forest. They've done well. Good draw. Yeah. Good Any team from run. the Championships get to that stage is yeah. They've done well. Credit to them. So do you want to start your uh, roundup of the Europa League and Europa Conference League, Toby? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just sort of go over the, the last legs of the Europa League games um, and then sort of go through the the fixtures, the future fixtures. 
So uh, we saw uh, Rangers lose to Serbian side Kreven Zvedsta, Belgrade. <laughs> I think I pronounced that perfect. I think, I think that was perfect pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they 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 lost two one, but um, uh, in the first game they won three 0 at Ibrox, so that was enough to secure them to go through. Uh, Monaco lost to Braga three <clears> 0 <throat> Actually, today Monaco beat PSG three 0 so I saw that. Big result. It's one of their heaviest defeats, isn't it? PSG this season. It's shocking because Monaco are pretty average at the moment. Yeah. Was Monaco at home? <clears throat> yeah, they were. Uh, I think they were. Yeah. So I think that's um, increases. I th- we mentioned it last week on the podcast. Um, they had an awful away record. I, th- I think that <laughs> just increases that record. Mm. It's not great for them. They're in the mud. Um, but from that game, Braga go through. Uh, Braga's managers, Carlos Carvajal. Anybody remembers him from Swansea or Sheffield Wednesday back in the day? Mm. Well, not that long ago. It was about five years ago. Uh, and Braga is now one of two Portuguese teams in Europe with Benfica. Elsewhere, Atalanta secured the victory against Bayer Leverkusen thanks to a goal by former Chelsea boy, Jerry Boga. Um, the first leg ended 3-2 in favour of Atalanta. They could be favourites for the to win the competition. Also, there's Barcelona who won four, uh, 2-1 against Galatasaray. And that first leg, everybody thought it was a bit of an upset with Galatasaray getting a draw against Barcelona. I still um, find it so odd seeing Barcelona in the Europa League. It is, yeah. It's... Yeah. We have to get used to this whole new Barcelona. Yeah. But oh, Galatasaray at the moment are doing awful. Uh, 15th in their league out of 20 teams. Wow. You definitely expect them to be much higher up. I think the top three teams are um, not doing great this year. I could definitely, in Turkey. I couldn't definitely, I could definitely not name 14 other teams in that league. So uh, to be 15th is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty dire. <laughs> I think they got Ryan Babel. Oh, really? Battle's still around. I think, yeah, uh, I want to say Galatasaray. Either that or yeah. one of the other teams there. Uh, Leon went through after being Porto 2 1. The two teams that we've seen a lot of in, in Champions League, actually, re- recently. Um, West Ham came from 1 0 down to win 2 0 against Sevilla. Goals from Suchek and Yarmolenko. Sort of an emotional point for Yarmolenko being Ukrainian. It's good to see that, that, that goal for him. And then uh, Frankfurt drew with uh, Betis, uh, but they went through after winning 2-1 in the first leg. Uh, so that sets up the quarterfinals. Uh, so we've got Leipzig versus Atalanta, which should be a good game. West Ham against Lyon, should be interesting. Uh, Frankfurt versus Barcelona, and then Braga against Rangers. So who's um, your money on if you had to pick a winner now? I feel like whoever wins against Leipzig and Atalanta have a real chance of winning. It's a pretty strong tie, isn't it? It is a strong tie. Um, but obviously, at this stage, anything can happen. Barcelona could win it. West Ham could win it. Oh, can um, you imagine the scenes? Uh, Barcelona-West Ham final. That would be crazy. <laughs> be funny. I mean, that would be quite a good watch, actually. Yeah. It would be, yeah. It's quite a good competition this year because you've got a lot of uh, teams that maybe you didn't think would get there, like like West Ham and teams who definitely think should be better than that, like in Barcelona, but yeah, aren't there. Uh, in regards to the conference, I won't go through the, the games that just played because there's so many of them. You might but, struggle to pronounce a lot of the team's names if you did that. That is true. I've, I've saved myself some, <laughs> some face there. Uh, so for the quarterfinal, it's uh, Leicester City versus PSV. Bodo Glint against Roma. And uh, in the group stage, Bodo Glint beat Roma 6-1. And in the second game they played in the group stage, they drew 2 all. So that'll be an interesting game. Uh, Feyenoord against Slavia Prague. And then the final game is... Uh, Marseille against Pauk. Tottenham were out. When did Tottenham get knocked out of that? Quite early, I think. Really? It's embarrassing. 
<laughs> well, it's Tottenham, isn't it? Yeah. So, what do you expect? Yeah. That's the um, roundup. Should we move on to F1? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so this week was the start of the F1 season. If you are a Ferrari power team, you probably would class it as a very, very good weekend. But if you are Red Bull powered, you would want to forget it and move on to next week. Uh, so Leclerc and Sites got 1-2 for Ferrari. And probably one that's probably going to be overlooked by a lot of people. Kevin Magnussen up in the top five. It's great to fifth. see that. Great to see. Um, and then there was two... <laughs> The top five was Claire, Seitz, Hamilton, Russell, and K-Mag. Yeah. It was a good race, actually. Um, yeah. A bit of entertainment. Such yeah. a good season opener. Very good. Very excited for uh, this Formula One season. I was um, tuned into pretty much most of the races last year. It was a really great season, mainly because of the, the title challenge between Hamilton and Verstappen. Mm. Um Big rule changes this year to try and bring the field together. Massive aerodynamic changes. I think some most people uh, are actually calling it the biggest changes that have actually ever happened. Regulation changes that have ever happened in Formula One. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it seems to the first race seems to have as a small sample size, but it seems to have lived up to the expectations. Seems like cars can follow easier, more overtaking. Quite an exciting, exciting yeah. position to be in because you've got. Main is at this stage, it looks like the, the main two teams are Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes are a little behind. But from what I'm hearing, is that their car is open to development and they just need to get it in the right mm-hmm. window. And they could actually potentially have a very, very strong car after they're able to get it. I think one of the main issues with um Mercedes at the moment is their porpoising, yeah, they're still one of the teams that is actually porpoising. So when they go down a straight or go into a corner, they're porpoising and they're losing a lot of time. I mean, they looked, they were sort of in the middle between a Red Bull and Ferrari and the teams behind them. They were sort of had their own window. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton and Russell, but they couldn't keep up really with the Red Bulls. And even the DRS wasn't helping Hamilton try and overtake Perez. He only got it when Perez spun, when his engine just stopped turning. Mm. Yeah. I think I think with Mercedes that, well, actually, with other teams, they've fixed the the porpoising by you know raising or lowering the ride height. I think what we could should um, consider the next few races as is sort of an extension of testing. Obviously, with the Definitely. new cars, that's it's not everybody's going to get to the same level of um, at the same time. I think maybe two, three Grand Prix time, we'll be able to see where the cars are actually at. Although yeah. this is a good indicator. It was really interesting actually because everybody was saying prior to this that there was. As you said, there's going to be a lot more closer racing and better overtakes. And from what we've seen, it does look like that is the case, which is great, great for the sport. Yeah, and I think I think you're, you're really right in that aspect in the fact that I think right now it's quite easy to see what te- where the teams are at, at this stage and who, who's the fastest. But I don't think that should be a massive indication of where championship might go at this stage because it's massive development to be made longer season we ever had 23 races mm. um so it's going to be a long haul i think just to just just maybe to comment on like why we might be seeing what we're seeing is that um obviously this year's regulations were meant to come in in 2021 in last mm-hmm. season but um because of the covid pandemic started just before that season started everything had to be delayed so actually it was interesting because Alongside these aero regulations, I think that's when they started bringing like budget cap 
and win tunnel limitations in terms of where the team's positioned in the championship. Um, and what I was reading actually that was quite interesting was the amount of time that the teams had in the wind tunnel to develop this car, the, the new car, mm-hmm. was determined by their grid position of the 2020 season two years ago. Oh. And that season, Ferrari actually finished sixth or something. Or they were very poor in that season. So they had more time. So they had a lot of time. And, and, and what, what a lot of people have been saying is last year, Ferrari didn't really concentrate on their 2021 car at all. They spent most of their time yeah. developing this year's car, whereas obviously Mercedes and Red Bull had to spend some time developing their car last year because they were in a title fight. And what you're saying about Mercedes is true. They, they, the reason why I think it, it might be difficult always it's always it's always a bit of a uh, it's always a bit of a mistake writing mercedes off because of 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 their track record i mean they're one of eight championships in a row and they're clearly doing something right um is that they've actually taken a philosophy that's very different from any of the other teams in terms of their side pod design and basically having no side pods mm. um and from i think from what development can be said is that they just need to find a window where that that clicks and that might take a few races of development, but apparently their scope of development from that stage is is very wide um, compared to a lot of other teams where they might reach their peak quite early on. But it's definitely, uh, and it's great to see, as a Formula One fan, it's great to see Ferrari up there. I mean, they're the, they're the yeah, face of Formula long, One, aren't they? It's been a long they? time, hasn't it? Yeah, and their car just looks great. The red red Ferrari always looks beautiful. Yeah, it does, um, really it does, does. look very nice. There's a, there's a few drivers I want to actually um, highlight because um, I mm. actually had good races. So obviously I've met, mentioned uh, Kevin Magnussen coming out, coming back after 18 months, finishing fifth. But um, Valtteri Bottas in the Alfa Romeo, he finished sixth in the race. Um, I think at the beginning of the race, so he started around... He started I think he started sixth. sixth. I think, yeah. yeah. But he actually... Um, I think he dropped down to like 14th or 15th during the race as well because he had a really bad start. Um, so it's good Classic to see that he actually come he actually come back, um, especially in an Alfa Romeo. Mm. Um, I, I actually thought Guan Yu Zhou had a really really good race. Actually, mm. yeah, was, score points in his debut was is phenomenal. I think he's definitely one. That's well, maybe it's a one for the future. And actually, but... actually, from this weekend, if you just take this weekend, it seems like the Alfa Romeo car is pretty decent. It's very competitive, actually. Yeah, it qualifies Much more so quite than highly. last year. Yeah, and Haas itself. I mean, maybe that's Kevin Magnussen also just having the... Uh... Yeah, but Kevin Magnussen came in to, to uh, practice late, to the testing yeah. late, didn't he? He yeah. missed half of it and still was amazing. And it's also kind of... It kind of ties into the fact with the development because obviously Haas have been finishing bottom for the last couple of years. So they've had the most budget and the most time in wind tunnels of any team. And yeah. actually, I think they're the only team that didn't bring a single upgrade to their car last year. They basically finished the season with exactly the same car they started with. It, it is a risk, though. You must feel yeah. like, you know. And what will happen inevitably is, yes, there's a budget cap. Yes, there's a, a restriction on on cars going to the wind tunnel but if you look at development over the season you're still going to get your same big teams that have the most money and most resources that are going to out develop at a rate a far faster rate like your mercedes ferrari red bull they're going to be able to develop a lot more during the season than another team would be like haas or alfa romeo it's quite interesting with haas because the last time they won any points it was with magnuson in 2020 he's actually a really good driver as it well. is like, there's been like a, a two-year gap, which if you if you ignore, which is quite hard, they've, mm. 
done really well. But mm. those last two years have been awful for for Haas. One of the worst. I think in a way they might say under their breath that they're kind of happy that they found a way of getting rid of Mazepin. Oh, hundred percent. I don't uh, think they would have got anywhere near this result with Mazepin. No. So yeah, I think they are slightly happy. I, I mean, think... even looking at this weekend, you've got Ferrari. The like the engine manufacturers. You've got Ferrari, Ferrari, Mercedes, Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari in the top six. So the top six, four of the cars are Ferrari powered cars. Yeah, and it, and it is with the caveat that obviously real reliability had a factor, factor to play with this, but massively, if if the race was ended two laps earlier, what I think the actual standing of where we are is Ferrari power, Honda power, and then Mercedes power at this at this stage. It's it, I think it's Red Bull power now. I don't think it's Honda. Red power, Yeah, Red Bull yeah. power. Yeah. It's but, quite but, it's quite a shock though, wasn't it? See yeah. them both have the same not the same issue but issues around the same period it I makes guess. you it makes you think that actually there might be some sort of issue there and maybe a fundamental issue in terms of reliability where both cars are going out basically at the end of the race so end of the race is when the cars are going to be most strained obviously and if something's happening there then maybe it's something they need to look into because it is a bit odd that basically within the, mm. within two laps or something both cars are gone Particularly also, with sorry particularly with the Perez one mm. when he just went around the corner and stopped I I I was like really confused what happened there. Yeah, so I thought like someone contact at the start, but it then... looked like he just spun. But he just spun. Apparently, he lost engine power or something and just spun out. Yeah, and that's the same issue happened to Gasly. I think it was the maybe not the engine issue, but it, the whole thing shut off the electronics and then it's true. And that's the, the same engine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe there is something going on there, and then further down the grid, actually, you got to, you got to think that one of the teams that have got to be most disappointed is McLaren. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. their, their, their qualifying was atrocious, so it was mm. an indicator of how well the race would go. But you know, you'd always expect them to pick up some places with the, the drivers they have. But I don't know; it was not great for them. Was... No, and I think this is this is why this this season will be very interesting. It will be so interesting to see how the teams develop and how they progress throughout the season. Uh, McLaren, and Mercedes, particularly because they're probably a bit behind where they expected to be at the stage. And in terms of a title, I think it might be even as simple as... Three-way? <laughs> yeah, or it's just as how how long will it take for these cars to get in their window? How long will it take for Mercedes cars yeah. and McLaren's cars to get good? Because if you're talking five, six, seven races, then it's probably too late for them to challenge for a championship. It's um, interesting because it's, it's the, the cars that need to develop as well as the drivers yeah. and the whole teams in general have to get, adapt to this this new yeah. system and just see how long it's going to take for that to happen. And I think early on as well, you'll see that even with difficult cars to drive, the better drivers will be able to eke out the best performance of a car that doesn't handle well. Yeah, much better a, lot, than a lot of them were saying that there was issues with the, the wheels, with the tyres, mm. especially well, after pit stops. So they were cold. Leading on from that point, I was going to mention whether, is this going to be a factor? Because every car apart from... Mick Schumacher that finished the race had three pit stops. Oh, really? Wow. Maybe we'll see more. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, tyre degradation is always one of those things, and it is a new tyre this year, isn't it? So, um, it seemed quite a bit more unpredictable though than than usual. Yeah, particularly with those pit stops. How you know the in lap and out lap, uh, your car. Uh, who was it? Was it Hamilton? Who, who after coming out, he was it was difficult for him to keep on the on the track. Yeah, and there's a bit of grunge yeah. over, overtook him. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I think. I think the reason probably why there was free pit stops was because a lot of them stuck with the um, soft tie, which is obviously the C3, that 
I th- a lot of them went from. So I think Hooray said it was meant to be soft, medium, soft, and mm. they went soft, soft, medium. Right. Um. So I reckon. I reckon that's probably why there is obviously more pit stops. But yeah, when Hamilton and Russell came out on the hard tire, they had sort of no pace. Mm. Orlando went on hards as well. Yeah, and so I think Ricardo did as well. Yeah, I think it's rather like cars change massively aerodynamically and then you put new tyres on top of that as well. It's just going to be quite probably quite a difficult setup to get everything working together at the same time um, quite well. Uh, but yeah, I think it's one of those things that may... Yeah, definitely the, another one of those things that teams have to focus on in terms of developing their car, but also making sure that they develop it in a way that the tyres are suited. Well, it makes it, makes it good for a spectator because it adds another dynamic that could go wrong or yeah, something. Definitely. Yeah, um, Leaves it open. But yeah, it's definitely going to be... And then the next couple of races is going to be quite interesting, especially we've obviously got one next week and then I think the next one is obviously on the 8th, it's on the 8th of April. Mm. So. Yeah, rapid fire. Yeah, they're getting through. The, they will get through these and I think it'll be very interesting. And it will be even still interesting to see if the pecking order is the same similar sort of thing next week. I do expect that. I think probably Ferrari, Red Bull are the top two at the moment, and then you've got the Mercedes behind. But we'll 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 be able to see a bit more clearly next week to see. And to be honest, mm. it, it's stuff like reliability is probably very key as well. Because if you think in a championship, if it's going to take Mercedes what three, four, five races to get up there, yeah, this is huge this is, detriments. Yeah. yeah, this is what this is one of the races definitely where Red Bull have a faster car and they've outscored them quite heavily just based on reliability. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. very unpredictable. Well, I think some of these. I think the commentators were saying that some of these um, actual the actual cars haven't um, gone a full race distance around Bahrain. Yeah. I I don't think that was Red Bull, but yeah, some of them hadn't actually gone around it in practice. Uh, yeah, in, pra- in practice or even in the testing the week yeah. before. So that was another factor. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely what good it will be a good season. Um, yeah. Don't know if it's going to be as dramatic as last season. Hopefully, but I think um, it will be a different sort because I think it'll, I think we will get like a lot of fluctuations in the season, and hopefully there will be like a lot more drivers that will be winning races because mm, mm. Carlos um, undoubtedly Carlos Sainz will probably win a race with the car that they've got. It's Sergio Perez a bit different because I think Red Bull run things a little bit more differently than Ferrari. And the fact that I think quite from quite early on Red Bull oh. will be like very much Verstappen's number one and. Paris yeah. number two, but George Russell bound to win a race this season at some point. There's so. a lot of teams, a lot of drivers who could win races, and yeah, hopefully definitely. at the end of it there'll be a, quite a few drivers in the in line for to the win championship. it. Yeah, but yeah. just just an interesting um, fact um, for Hamilton. I don't know whether you've picked this up, Ashik. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Toby does, but um, Lewis Hamilton's actually got the um, yellow camera bar yeah. of his car this season. Yeah, did you see the um, did you see his Instagram story about Lando Lando Norris for a face? Lando was like, It's a tribute to to myself, this the yellow helmet that you've got. And uh, then Hamilton said, I was wearing this yellow before you were born, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a bit of some banter between the drivers, but yeah, I did notice that. But it's slightly different yellow because Hamilton, I think, early on in his career was classic uh kind of air and center yellow yeah i think so it's more this is sort kind of, of more like a luminescent fluorescent or, yeah. yeah with the purple but but i noticed that like it 
it ma- like uh, there's certain elements on his car that are the same as well. Yeah, like I the think wheel it's fins. I think that's why he's took it to match yeah. it all up. So, you know, something I noticed. Uh, I don't know what you call them. The wheel plates. Yeah. The wheel covers. Covers. I they know. look really cool, especially on the McLarens. Yeah. Yes. When they Google, go isn't it? Yeah, it is. it's for Google. I think theirs is for. That looks cool. I think I think the cars actually look quite different between each other as well this year as well. Um, they do, yeah, they do. At first, I was a bit like they looked a bit odd, and I didn't know if I preferred the old kind of style. But I think actually they look pretty nice. This kind of design. The only thing I can't get my head around is sort of the wheel, the bits that go over the wheel. Right. The oh, what the um the plasticky bits, the little yeah, fins. sort of the cover the bits. They look a bit strange and. Yeah, I'm not. I thought originally that was to do with something to do with the protection of the wheel, but I think it's just to do all with the downforce. Yeah, the aero yeah. regs. I think they just have to put it in there to make sure they get the aero effect. But generally, yeah. the cars look very nice. They do look quite particularly, nice. Yeah. Particularly the Ferrari, they look very nice. Ferrari looks, yeah. It just looks like it, it's nice and symmetrical and just looks nice and neatly put together. And it's quite I, nice red as well. I don't know if they changed the red, but it looked darker. It, looked it like did a, look a lot darker. Like a maroon, not, not quite maroon, but yeah, it looked nice. Definitely. So I, there's been some action around the pitch side of this week. Uh, I'll hand over to Toby just to fill us in. Thank you, Joe. Uh, so the pitch side has moved to a new website. Uh, it is now on the pitchsider.com. So please check that out. We've got links to the podcast and articles on there and uh, ways to contact us. So yeah, the pitchsider.com. Check it out. I have seen and it. Would recommend. Looks very nice. Thanks, mate. Thank you. And it's it's also linked on all our socials as well, so you can pick it up from there as well. Right, so we go to the quiz. Um, so following from last week where we had Aaron, we've decided to, to have a competition between our guests and the podcast. So last week, Aaron won, so it's currently 1-0 to the guest um, so a sheik will be representing the guests and from the grass and gravel podcast toby will be rese- representing us and i feel I will the pressure hosting and <laughs> um, please will you pick your buzzers i'm gonna buzz i'm gonna go bing creative mm, creative <laughs> So question one, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Lukaku were involved in a heated com- uh, confrontation during the Milan derby in the Coppa Italia in January 2021. But who got sent off in that same game? Bing. Sheik? I'm going to guess Lukaku. No, incorrect. Are you still just Toby? Hakan Chalanoglu. No, you are both wrong. It was, I did actually say him, it is Ibrahimovic. Oh, I oh, knew it would be one of the two. <laughs> Just a disclaimer putting it out there. Toby's football knowledge is generally much superior to mine. It didn't, didn't help me there though, mate. No. <laughs> uh, question two. Why were Ajax unable to fill January sign-in Sebastian Haller in the Europa, Europa League? Buzz. Toby? They forgot to register him. Oh, they messed up registering. Yes. Yeah, and Admin Error saw him left out of the Ajax European squad. Question three. Germany were one of several international sides to partake in T-shirt protests after reports about migrant workers' deaths in Qatar ahead of this year's World Cup. Which nation were first to do so? I can give you clues if that helps. Is it European? I guess it is. Yeah, it is European. 
I've got two teams in mind. I don't know why. Um, so we just say a team, Lashik? Sure. You, do you want the country or a team? It's a country. It's country. You want it's a country. So let's go. I'm going to go France. I'm going to Sweden. Toby was closest. It was Norway. Oh, oh I meant Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Uh, Liverpool set a new club record for losing consecutive home oh, games God. in the league between January and March in 2021. How many home games did they lose Bing. on the bounce? Uh, I think it was six. Yes, you are correct. Oh, great. I'll try and ra- erase that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's currently one all. Uh, question five. Which of the six English clubs involved became the first to formally announce their withdrawal Bing. from the Buzz. Europa. I think that was a chic. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Yes. Got that. Uh, Europa, uh, question six. Lewandowski set a new Bundesliga single season goal record at the end of 2021. Who was the previous Buzz. holder? Buzz. Gerd Miller. Oh, I knew that one as well. Gerd Miller. And there is a bonus point on this one. 41. What was his record? And you are incorrect. Oh, sorry about that. Sheik, can you steal um, this? It is 39. Oh, no, it's 40. Oh, <laughs> mate. So I think it's... Should we split it? <laughs> wait, wait, did Lewandowski beat that and get 40, though? No, Gert Muller's tally was 40. So he yeah. matched it? Did he get he beat... 41? I don't know what he got, but he, he did he beat it. He did beat it. Man, Ger Miller's got loads of records. Right? He was the one that had the most calendar goal records as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bomber. He was yeah. the most prolific striker in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, still is, I guess. So, is it who, is it still drawing? This draw, yeah. Two, oh, right. he's, it was 2-1 two, two now, isn't it? No, no, because I got the um, Chelsea oh, one. Oh, yeah, 2-1. Right. You all. got the Chelsea, yeah. yes, 2-1. Um, question seven. Which club changed their Champions League shirt at the start of the 2021-2022 season after fans complained? Buzz? Bing. Yeah, that's Toby. Gladbach? No. Can you steal this, Shook? I don't actually know, but for some reason... No, I don't think it is, but I'll go City. I don't know why. I, I think I know the reason why. Is it because they were colourblind and they were green or something? It is Bristol Dortmund. Dortmund. What was the reasoning? I don't know. Oh, I think I know. Was it the really, really bad Puma ones that City had as well, which just had no logo, but just said City on it? It just said, that's why I thought City. But I think City kept theirs. But it's like a third kit, but I know what you mean. There's no logo. It just says, it just says, man, like in words, it just says. It's like like a t-shirt, not an actual shirt. It's horrible. Um, Just go back to question six. Lewandowski got 41. That's what I said. Yeah, but you didn't let him finish the question. No, come on. So to his question, it was wrong. <laughs> yeah, to my question, it was wrong. Yeah, you were right. Was asking with... for Gerd Muller's oh, record. Que- question eight. Yeah. In which country was the term Grand Prix first used for a motor race? Bing. Buzz. That's a chic. France. Yes. Oh, that's really easy. <laughs> Grand Prix. I know. Uh, so it's a three-two oh. lead to a chic. Um, now I've got the last two questions. I'm going to give you um, the clubs and I need the players. Oh, player. God, it's going to be difficult. He's going to get this. Okay, fine. So f- this started off from 1999 oh. to, 20- to 2001. I think it's... Oh, Lacoste. 
Prosser's Boyka. I probably said that. L A N C E R O S B Y. You probably won't get it from this one. Uh, 20, 2004 to 2009 was at River Plate. Um, 2009 to 11 was at Porto. Uh, 2011 to 13 was at Atletico Madrid. Do you want any? Uh, wait, what was the first team? Can you try and say that again? It was it's an Argentinian team. Yeah, he's an Argentinian, Donny. It's a uh, it's a South American club. The first one uh, narrows it down. Porto to Atletico. I can give you more clubs. Sure. So two thousand this two thousand and thirteen to two thousand nineteen, he played at Monaco. Bing. Shig. Not Falcao, is it? Yes, you are correct. Oh, oh shit. Um, wow, he's at Monaco for that long. That's quite a long time. Yeah, I know. But he did go on loan from fourteen fifteen at United, Chelsea, uh, Galatasaray, Real Vallecano. Yes, that's where he is currently. So I think Sheik's won this quiz. Oh, it's four. It's four two. But... Guess the representing. I think I need to resign. <laughs> <laughs> so All that means it time. is two nil to the guest. But. Um, it's a long time to bring it back. Toby loves it. Is... He loves the scoring system. So, you know, this is good. There, there is one more question. There okay, is one cool. more question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, from 2002 to 2004, it was at Leeds United. At uh, 2003, Buzz. he went on. Rio. I'm just going to go Ferdinand. I thought it was Rio as well. No, it is not. Well, said that too. Yeah, I did say it. So let's both, let's both reset. Okay. So, 2003, he went on loan to Swindon Town. 2004 to 2008, he went to Newcastle United. To he was on loan from Newcastle from 2006 to 2005 to 2006 at Aston Villa. And then Aston Villa signed him permanently from 2008 to 2010. Mm. Any guesses? James Milner. Yes. Oh, I thought it'd be Milner, but yeah, because he started at Leeds. I didn't know he went to Swindon or whatever. He's been all over the shop, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he, he played six games this window and then went to Newcastle. Yeah, and then Villa signed him two years after the loan. I think and he might have been, I think he's been with us the longest, actually, than any of his clubs. Six years or something? Yeah. Yeah, since 2015, you've signed him. He's played 194 games for you, scored 19 goals, which is the most. The second club was Man City with 147. I think Klopp wants to keep him as well. I think we were thinking of selling him, but Klopp wants him. Future manager. I think he should do something like that, like not management, maybe coaching or something. Being being the backroom staff, but I feel like he wants he'll go he wants to go back to Leeds after. Yeah, well, congrats, Ashik. Yeah, uh, so well, that means it's a two nil, um, two nil currently. Yes, that's the gravel. So yes. So ne- next time I'm going to make the uh, the quiz very very difficult. I guess. <laughs> no, you want. <laughs> yeah, you want you want to make it oriented to Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tailor it to Joe. Yeah, uh, and that leads us to the end of our podcast. Um, so next week, next Sunday, will be a pre-recorded one. So we won't include any of the news or games that have been played, but we will have still an episode for you to look forward to. Um, the Jeddah weekends for F one will be covered in episode five. So look forward to that. Uh, please like and review our podcast and get in contact with us via our socials 
on t- uh, Twitter is at the Pitch Cider and Instagram is at the Grass and Gravel Podcast or by email is at the Grass and Gravel Podcast at gmail.com with any comments or questions you have for us and we're featuring them on our next episode. Thank you for joining us, Ashik. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure me. to have you. Very good. Time. And a uh, uh, pleasure to have you, Toby. Thanks, mate. As normal. Uh, and thank you for the listener and have a good week and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.